Welcome to Trusting the Truth with Samuel Tolley, where we view the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. We do not view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. How you doing? This is Samuel Tolley, Trusting the Truth. I'm going to trust the truth about President Joe Biden. And today's topic is faking Biden's innocence. You know, the American people have been bamboozled for quite some time. And we need to ask the question, why? For some time, the American people have been getting false information. We've been getting psyoped or whatever the heck you want to call it. Well, I'm going to show you proof. I'm going to show you direct proof that we've been lied to. But I want to lay a foundation first. So if you're one of these people that don't have time to spend an hour, I'm sorry, I'm not about trying to give two-minute sound bites and convince people. I would rather give you solid, concrete information so when you walk away, you will have something to dig your teeth into as far as researching further. But I want to show how the FBI has known from day one about Biden, has known from day one about everything that's going on. And the question is why? Why haven't they done their job? Why are they withholding stuff from the American people? Why are they pretending like they are working for us? They're going after President Trump in every way they can. They're trying to figure out different ways to convict President Trump. But we used to have what was called a republic. And a republic is a constitutional government that stands by the Constitution. And the Constitution, I believe all these federal employees are supposed to defend the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So are the defenders enemies as well? That's a good question, because if they're not enemies, why aren't they standing up against the very crimes that they know were committed? Or at least they have enough evidence to deal with those crimes. So before I get into the evidence, I want to show you a little four-minute clip. And this four-minute clip is going to show you where our now President Biden claims that he never knew anything about his son's foreign business dealings. So take a look at this. Newly retrieved voicemails from Hunter Biden's infamous laptop show Joe Biden called his son back in 2018 to discuss Hunter's business interests in China. It suggests President Biden did, in fact, speak with Hunter about his foreign dealings despite his denial. Here's a headline from the New York Post columnist Miranda Devine. Why Hunter's dealings with China aren't a big fat nothing for his president father. Miranda Devine, she joins us now. She's, of course, a Fox News contributor. It's good to have you. The New York Post cover is family business, of course, as we just said. I just want to play for you this voicemail. I know you've heard it, but for our audience, listen here. Hey, Palace Dad. It's 8.15 on uh, Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. Nothing urgent. I just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, this is going to be printed tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think it's clear. 
What was the article about, Miranda? Hi, Dana. Look, that article was really the closest call that the Bidens had had from the media sniffing around their business in China. And uh, what had happened was that one of Hunter's Chinese business partners, a man named Patrick Ho, had been arrested at JFK Airport on uh, bribery charges. And now the New York Times was looking into the story. And Hunter was panicking about this all summer. He was, uh, you know, accusing his friends of having leaked to the Times. Uh, this story was a big deal for them. And so there you hear in Joe Biden's own voice. Uh, he's assuring his son, Hunter, that he was, uh, you're clear. He said, I think you're clear that the story was good. And look, that at the very least puts the lie to Joe Biden's insistence throughout the campaign that he knew nothing about his son's Miranda, overseas let's take a business look. dealings, just, just for everyone to be reminded of that, let's play call for number two here. Just a flashback to 2019. <coughs> Times. Have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Last night on The Five, Greg Gutfeld said he might have been the first father in the history of the world to never show an interest in his son's work. And I think that what's interesting, Miranda, is I know the New York Post covers this. I know that Fox News does. Is this getting any other wider coverage for people to at least make a decision and, and discern a judgment on what we have here? Well, not really. I mean, we, we saw a, a couple of months ago that the New York Times belatedly uh, acknowledged that the laptop was real and that they'd authenticated some of those emails, but that was, you know, a paragraph buried, 24 paragraphs down in a story buried inside the paper. And it was really just a, um, a sort of a backside covering operation because we know that Hunter Biden's been under investigation with this Delaware uh, US attorney. This grand jury has been subpoenaing his former business partners, his former lovers, and uh, they wanted to be ahead of the story when it broke so that their readers didn't suddenly cotton on to the fact that their organ of choice has kept them in the dark on one of the most consequential stories in politics mm. in America in recent memory. Thank you, Miranda. Thanks for being here today. We'll stay in touch with you as this, no doubt, will continue to develop. So that clip or those clips were just given in context where you can hear from the president's own voice when he was vice president claiming that he had no knowledge of his son's overseas business dealings. He said it a few times. Well, during the election season, before um, Biden was elected, before he got the alleged 81 million votes. You know, we went through the normal process. We had the debates and the debates. Uh, Trump tried to bring up this stuff, but nobody wanted to listen to him. They, they would cut him off at every chance on a debate uh, as, as far as Biden and the laptop and all that information. Well, what happened was an article came out by the New York Post in October. This October 15th of 20. It's normally that time when they talk about the October surprise. Well, as soon as this article came out, all the forces of government and the news media shut it down. 
it was published in the Twitter and Twitter shut it down and closed the New York Post's account for two weeks. Anyone that tried to share it on YouTube, tried to share it on Facebook, tried to share it anywhere, they were shut down, their accounts might have been closed, all kinds of things happened. The news media said there was no truth to it at all. Matter of fact, there was a situation where I think most of you remember where 51 former intelligence agents, including a directors, former directors of the CIA, I believe, all signed this letter saying that the laptop story looked like Russian disinformation. And so when Trump tried to bring that stuff up in the um, debate, uh, Biden mentioned the fact that he said that 51 intelligent agents said this was all Russian disinformation. Now, remember, the debate was going on in October or, you know, September, October, right around that time, right before the November election. Let's first look at the article in question that was shut down by everyone. And this article was from the New York Post. So here we are. It says emails reveal how Hunter Biden tried to cash in big on behalf of family with Chinese firm. So we're going to go from China and we're going to end up in Ukraine. But this article written by Emmy Joe Morris and Gabrielle Von Roe, October 15, 2020, Hunter Biden pursued lucrative deal involving Chinese national private energy company, including one that he said would be interesting for me and my family. Emails obtained by post show. Now remember, I'm going to show you the FBI document, the FD 1023. I'm going to show you that last, but I want to show you the article that everybody shut down. You know, everybody wants to say that, you know, Trump was in bed with the Russians. Remember, they spent over two years lying, $40 million, when the FBI knew all the time that Trump had nothing to do with Russia. The FBI, the premier law enforcement agency of the United States, or at least that's what we thought they would be. Let's continue. Okay. One email sent uh, to Biden on May 13, 2017, this is when Joe was vice president, with the subject line expectations, included details of remuneration packages for six people involved in an unspecified business venture. We're talking about money. Biden was identified as chair slash Vice chair, depending on the agreement with CEFC, we're talking about Hunter now, an apparent reference to the former Shanghai business conglomerate, CEFC, China Energy Company. You know, it's fascinating when I think about it. Uh, Obama refused to uh, finish the Keystone Pipeline. And as soon as Biden took over for Trump, he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. He canceled all kinds of drilling offshore and more 
making it so the American people can't get energy, making it more difficult. He went begging to OPEC for more oil while he's canceling ours. But here his son was working with China and then Ukraine to get oil energy company. It seems like part of his, his, his idea was, I'm going to squeeze the American people, but I'm going to work with these foreigners. Matter of fact, I believe that when uh, part of the first part of uh, um, Obama's, not Biden's term, he sold some of our strategic reserves to China when we were paying double the price of oil. But, but let me continue. His pay was paid at 850 and the email also noted that Hunter has some office expectations he will elaborate. We're not getting worried yet. In addition, the email outlined a provisional agreement under which 80% of the equity or shares in the new company would be split equally among four people whose initials correspond to the sender and three recipients with H apparently referring to Biden. Then this person, the email from James Gillard, <clears throat> expectations. Tony Bobolinsky, it says two. Tony Bobolinsky was a former partner with, with Biden. And he came forward before the election. And he said he had the proof that Biden was lying, that Joe was part of it, that, that Hunter and him were all part of this scam. No one would interview him. I think he got interviewed by Fox, maybe, or Newsmax. But all the, the newspapers, CNN, all these other people, they didn't want anything to do with it. They didn't want to believe anything he had to say because getting Joe in office was more important than the truth. Let's continue. So it goes on down in the body. As I have already alluded, we have discussed and agreed the following remuneration packages. So then it says chair, vice chair, depending on agreement, Hunter, 850, CEO, Tony, I guess that's Bob Lucy, 850, and then James, uh, whoever he is, 500,000, Rob, 500, Jim, unknown, Sanan, 72,000. <coughs> Hunter has some office expectations he will elaborate. James need 15,000 or 50, yeah, a month. Okay. At the moment, there is a provisional agreement that the equity will be distributed as follows 20 H, 20 RW, 20 JB, 20 TB, 10 Jim, and 10 held by H for the big guy. Remember the big guy. 10 held by H for the big guy. Okay. Neither Jim nor the big guy was identified further. We believe that Jim. It's talking about Joe's brother and the big guy is Joe. But we'll get to that later. The email authored by James Gillier of the international consulting firm J2CR also noted, I am happy to raise any deal with Zhang if there is shortfalls. Okay, so let's continue with this article. Remember, this was a New York Post article that Twitter shut down, that everybody else shut down. They didn't want us to notice before the election. Zhang is an apparent reference to Zhang Jan Chung, the former executive director of CE 
FC China. The email is contained in a drove of data that the owner of the computer repair shop in Delaware said was recovered from MacBook Pro laptop that was dropped off in April 2019 and never retrieved. Now, listen, Hunter Biden dropped off his broken laptop at this MacBook Pro to get it fixed. The owner of the lab shop, uh, excuse me, of, of the laptop, the computer repair service, had some kind of provision in his uh, contracts with people. I think it was, if you leave it over 90 days without it being picked up and paid for or whatever, it becomes a property of this company. Well, the guy fixed it and he kept trying to call Hunter and Hunter never responded. Hunter never picked it up. So like with any other person, um, I don't know if he knew who Hunter was or whatever, but he had fixed the laptop. Once he found out that this guy was never coming back, he took possession of it per the contract. Then he looked into it and he saw all the stuff that was on the hard drive. Stuff allegedly I hear, because I didn't look at the hard drive, but I believe you can find this stuff online, uh, pedophilia potentially, but definitely porn where Hunter was making porn movies of himself and the prostitutes or whatever, pictures of him doing cocaine, uh, crack and all this stuff. And these emails and other emails and other information pertaining to alleged contracts or, or agreements that him and his father participated in making a bunch of money, irrespective of Joe being vice president of the United States. And it was making what, China and these other foreign countries when, of course, Joe shouldn't have had anything to do with it. Now, this person, the owner of the, of, of the thing, contacted the FBI. He contacted the FBI because he see what was happening here. And the FBI picked up the laptop. Remember, this article was in October of 20. The FBI had the laptop for over a year. No one knew a thing about it. Barr, the attorney general under Trump, knew the FBI had it, or he should have known it because the FBI works under the attorney general's office. The, inf the incriminating information was there. Once the FBI got this information, they, they knew whose laptop it was. They knew the information. I mean, Hunter had previously had a situation where he, he rented a car and he left uh, uh, cocaine in the car, I believe it was. He bought a gun that he had a situation with and, and, and I think his brother's wife, if I'm not mistaken, found the gun and threw it in the trash can and came back to get it. The gun was gone. Somebody found it, traced it back to him, if, if my information is correct. That was one of the cases that he settled without any jail time and all this stuff made into a misdemeanor. But nevertheless, the owner of the laptop, because it was his laptop once Biden refused to turn it in, took a copy of the hard drive before he gave it to the FBI. And he's seen that through that whole year, he waited almost a whole year and nothing happened. And he could see by now, by October, the FBI was not going 
to release this information to the public. They were not going to go after Hunter. They were not going to go after Joe. So he decided to give his copy of that information to Rudy Giuliani. And I think he might have kept other copies for safekeeping. Rudy brought it to the Washington Post or whoever who put it out so the American people could see what the heck was going on. So here, uh, Barr, the attorney general for, for Trump, who was in charge of the Justice Department, said nothing. We knew nothing. The American people knew nothing. Then when they finally brought this information out, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, um, all the mainstream press shut it down. So this article we're looking at right now, nobody could see. They called it disinformation. They, they blackballed this guy. This guy, matter of fact, he had to leave. He had to shut down his shop and move out of the state because everybody was giving him hell. And he didn't have any reason to get here. I, I think Biden is trying to sue him now, which doesn't make any sense. If you don't pick up the, your property and, and the contract says, if you don't pick it up, it becomes my property. And so what's my property? I can do what the heck I want to do with it. He didn't have to take it to the FBI. But that was the right thing to do. If the FBI is a legitimate source and a, and a legitimate law enforcement uh, branch of the United States government which I question these days. So anyway, that's what was happening. So he took it out. He made sure that the public got a chance to see what was really going on. But all the forces that be silenced it. So let's continue with the article that we didn't get to see. The computer was seized by the FBI and a copy of his contents made by the owner shared with the Post this week by former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, which I just explained. Another email sent by Biden as part of the 2000, uh, August 2nd, 2017 chain involved a deal he struck with the since-vanished chairman of CEFC, Yi Yaming, for half-ownership of the holding company that was expected to provide Biden with more than $10 million a year. Yi who has ties to Chinese military and intelligence service. Now here we got, we've got the vice president's son making a deal with somebody that was part of Chinese intelligence. Come on people, that, that stinks. And of course, Joe says he knows nothing about his son's overseas businesses. Now check this out. Hasn't been seen since being taken into custody by Chinese authorities in early 2018. I don't know what that's about. CEFC went bankrupt earlier this year, according to the reports. That was in 2020. All right. They went bankrupt. Um, I don't know what the deal was there. Anyway, Biden wrote that Yi had sweetened the terms of an earlier three-year consulting contract with CEFC that was to pay him $10 million annually for introductions alone. Wow. What a job. You can get $10 million for just introducing people. That's a great, that's a great job. Who are you introducing? Who did Hunter have the juice to introduce? Smoking gun reveals how Hunter Biden introduced Ukrainian businessman to VP dad. Now we're starting to get to the Ukraine stuff. The chairman uh, changed that deal after we met in Miami 
to a much more lasting and lucrative ag agreement uh, to create a holding company, 50% owned by me and 50% owned by him, Biden wrote. All this information, like I said, is from the laptop. So we got another email here, Robert Biden, that's Hunter. And it goes on to some Chinese guy. My understanding is that the original agreement with the director was for consulting fees based on introductions alone at the rate of $10 million per year for a three-year guarantee total of $30 million. The chairman changed that deal after we in Miami to purchase, excuse me, to a much more lasting and lucrative arrangement to create a holding company, 50% owned by me, and 50% owned by him. Why would somebody want to hire Hunter for all this stuff when he has no experience on doing anything and he was a known drug addict? Um, consulting fees is one piece of our income stream, but the reason this proposal by the chairman was so much more interesting to me and my family is that we would also be partners in the equity and profits of the JV investments. You know, it just came out recently that the Bidens have like 17, I believe, shell companies. Shell companies distributed amongst the family, but there's no offices for these companies. There's no actual work that anyone knows about for these companies, but these companies have acquired millions of dollars. Under any normal circumstances, <sighs> The, the feds would be all over this. Let's continue. Hence, I assume the reason for the discussion today in which you made clear that the chairman would first get his investment capital return and the profits would then be split 50-50. If you're saying that is not the case, then please return us to the original deal, 10 million per year, a guaranteed three years plus bonus payments for any such deal we introduce. Let's discuss. Thank you. Like I said, they're highlighting here much more uh, lasting and lucrative agreement. Consulting fees is one piece of our income stream, but the reason the proposal by the chairman was so much more interesting to me and my family is that we would also be partners. Um, uh, in the equity and profits of JV uh, joint investments. So this is the photo dated August 1st, 2017. Like I said, Biden was vice uh, president. Shows a handwritten flow chart of the ownership of Hudson West split 50-50 between two entities ultimately controlled by Hunter Biden and someone identified as chairman. Let's look at this flow chart. So here's a handwritten flow chart. And it's interesting to me. I would find it fascinating. You're going to tell me Obama doesn't didn't know anything about this stuff? So here's the 50-50 split. Let's continue. According to a report on Biden's uh, overseas uh, business dealing released last month by Senator Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley, remember this is 2020, a company called Hudson... West 3 opened a line of credit on September 2017. Credit cards issued against the account were used by Biden, his uncle James Biden, and James 
wife, Sarah Biden, to purchase more than $100,000 worth of extravagant items, including airline tickets and multiple items at Apple stores, pharmacies, hotels, and restaurants, the report said. The company has since been dissolved, and Hunter Biden's law firm, Owasco PC, was one of the two owners, according to the report. Biden's email was sent to uh, John Wing Dong, who the Wall Street Journal in October 2018 tied to the purchase of Yee Link companies of two luxury Manhattan apartments that cost a total of $83 million. Remember, Yee was this guy that was with Chinese military that hasn't been seen since 2018. Dong, who owns a sprawling mansion in Great Lek, excuse me, Great Nick, I don't know what LI is, has been identified in reports as CFO of Cam Fee Group, an investment firm in Hong Kong. Now, this is Yi, the Chinese military guy who's been missing since 2018 that Biden or Hunter got in cahoots with. And this is Dr. Chim Ping, who just served a three-year jail sentence in New York for multi-million dollar fraud with African nations to get more energy stuff. These are some real reputable people. Of course, Joe knows nothing about these business dealings. Okay, this view of the signboard of the Chinese CF, CEFC energy company. Uh, <clears throat> it said the document obtained by the Post also includes an attorney engagement letter executed in September 2017, in which one of Yi's top lieutenants, a former Hong Kong government official, Ching Ping Patrick Ho, agreed to pay Biden a million-dollar retainer for counsel to matters related to U.S. law and advice pertaining to hiring and legal analysis of any United States law firm or partner. In December 2018, a Manhattan federal Jury convicted Ho in two schemes to pay $3 million in bribes to high-ranking government officials in Africa for oil rights in Chad and lucrative business dealings in Uganda. So here's this attorney uh, engagement letter where they're engaging Hunter uh, for a million dollars the retainer consideration for services performed by attorney client agreement. Some of a million dollars as a retainer at the time of ex execution of the agreement. And it says the whole was served a three year prison sentence in Hong Kong was deported to Hong Kong in June. So he was kicked out the United States in 2020. Neither Biden's lawyer, the Joe Biden campaign, Giller Dong Ho holds lawyer return request for comment. But Biden's lawyer has previously said there is no need for comment of any so-called information provided by Rudy Giuliani. They tried to brand Rudy Giuliani as a beast and a monster and a liar and a crook and a thief, just like Trump. We'll see in a minute. He has been pushing widely discredited conspiracy theories about the Biden family, openly relying on actors tied to Russian intelligence. We've been hearing everything is Russian intelligence when it comes to Trump or anybody else. That is the Democrats' go-to thing. His record of dishonesty in these matters speak for itself. Lawyer George 
my sir is at it. Okay. So that was the article, the post, um, tried to give us right before the election and was shut down, shut down everywhere. I mean, you know, if it was fraud or something, um, some kind of slander or reliable, whatever they called it, they could have tried to sue people. But they wanted to make sure the American people never saw that article. But what is worse than that article is what the FBI already knew. Like I said, that article was in October of 20. Before I show you what the FBI already knew, I want to show you Joe Biden when he bragged about getting this prosecutor in Ukraine fired. I mean, it's it's one thing, you know, there, there was a clip, but I didn't bring it, I, I didn't pull it up today. But Joe Biden said before the election, we have the most extensive voter fraud organization created ever, something like that. And I think it has something to do with either you up in age, senility or whatever, where at many times and not, he's going to just tell the flat out truth instead of just complete lies. But watch this short clip, and then we're going to get into the FBI FD 1023. Watch this short clip where Joe is sitting over here exposing himself. It's fascinating. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Well, son of a bitch, <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. At the time. Well, there's still they so they made well, son of a bitch. The prosecutor got fired. Let's look at well, let's 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 look at this. Now we're gonna go to the evidence, the FBI's own documentation. This is the FD uh, 1023. dated June 30th, 2020. I'm going to read this whole thing. They just blacked out the names of the agents and certain personal information. Uh, this was made, released by Senator Grassley and, and Chairman Comer. The FBI didn't want us to see this. I believe they got this from a CHS, excuse me, CHS, a confidential human source. But the FBI didn't want the American people to see this at all. Look at this thing. Okay, it's dated June. Okay, source reporting. June 20th, 2020. Uh, confidential human source. 
first meeting with Burisma executive in Kiev, Ukraine. 215 to 216. This is the information. LA 215 and 216 during the Biden, Obama Biden administration, CHS, that's short for confidential human source, was first introduced to officials at Ukraine National Gas Business Burisma Holdings. Burisma through um, I'm not gonna try to pronounce this guy's name, Alexander Ozapinsko. Uh, for full identification, whatever, see attachment, blah, blah. CHS and Opensko traveled to Ukraine and went to Burisma office that was located 20 miles away from the city center. The purpose of the meeting was to discuss Burisma's interest in purchasing a U.S.-based oil and gas business. The purposes of merging it with Burisma for purposes of conducting an IPO in the U.S., Burisma was willing to purchase a U.S.-based entity for 20 to $30 million. Look at how these Bidens, they're sure enough willing to, to sell our energy, but don't want us to get our own. Okay. At this meeting, the CHS and CHS former business partner and uh, Oplinski, whatever the heck his name was, and Carlos Slakowski, the daughter of Burisma CEO and founder, uh, Mykola so Klosky, excuse me if I screw up these names, and her husband, the conversation was in Russia and thus did not participate therein. During the meeting, Pojaski asked CHS whether CHS was aware of Barisma's board of directors. CHS replied no, and Pojaski advised the board members including one, the former president or prime minister of Poland, and two, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. Prochowski said Burisma hired the former president or prime minister of Poland to leverage his contacts in Europe for prospective oil and gas leaks, and they hired Hunter Biden to protect us through his dad. All kinds of problems. CHS was certain that Prochowski provided no further specific details about what that meant. CHS asked why they, Burisma, needed to get CHS assistance regarding the purchase uh, slash merger of a U.S.-based company when Biden was on their board. Prochowski replied that Hunter Biden was not smart and they wanted to get additional counsel. The group then had a general conversation about whether the purchase merger with a U.S. company would be a good business decision. Meeting with CHS, uh, this guy, and McCola in Vienna in 2016. Now, that was 2015-16, Obama's term. Approximately one year, let's go on to the next one. Ah, two months after the aforementioned Verissima meeting in Ukraine, CHS traveled to Vienna, Austria with Opensky and met with Makola at an outside coffee shop. The trio continued to talk about the feasibility of Burisma acquiring a U.S.-based entity. CHS recall this meeting took place around the time Joe Biden made a public statement about the former Ukraine prosecutor, General Viktor Shokin, being corrupt. 
and that he should be fired slash removed from the office. That's the guy that Joe was bragging about. Son of a bitch. He got fired. CHS told Zelensky that due to Shokin's investigation into Burisma, which was made public at the time, it would have a substantial negative impact on Burisma's prospective IPO in the United States. Zelensky replied something to the effect of, don't worry, Hunter will take care of all those issues through his dad. CHS did not ask any further questions about what that specifically meant. Remember, Joe, I've never had any business dealings or understanding with my father, I mean, with my son. And the FBI knew this crap all the time. CHS, CHS asked Zelensky why Burisma would pay 20 to $30 million to buy a U.S. company for IPO purposes when it would be cheaper to just form a new U.S. entity or purchase a corporate shell that was already listed on an exchange. Zelensky responded that Hunter Biden advised Burisma it could raise much more capital if Burisma purchased a large U.S.-based business that already had a history in the U.S. and gas sector. And you know, if Biden had anything about any kind of leverage on getting it approved, they could approve, wouldn't they? Because they're getting paid. CHS recalled Zelensky mentioned some U.S.-based gas businesses in Texas, the name of which CHS did not recall. CHS advised Zelensky it would be problematic to raise capital in the U.S. given Shulkin's investigation into Burisma as nobody in the U.S. would invest in a company that was the subject of a criminal investigation. CHS suggested it would be best, it would best if Burisma simply litigated the matter in Ukraine and pay some attorney $50,000. Zelensky said he slash Burisma would likely lose the trial because he could not show that Burisma was innocent. Zelensky also laughed at CHS's number of $50,000, not because of the small amount, but because the number contained a five and said that it cost $5 million to pay one Biden and $5 million to pay another Biden. CHS noted that at this time, it was unclear if CHS were, these alleged payments were already made. CHS told Zelensky, that any such payment to the Bidens would complicate matters, and Burisma should hire some normal U.S. oil and gas advisors, normal U.S. oil and gas advisors, because the Bidens have no experience with that business sector. Wow, you're going to get somebody $10 million that don't know nothing about this stuff? Zelensky made some comment that although Hunter Biden was stupid and Zelensky's dog was smarter, Zelensky needed to keep Hunter Biden on the board so everything will be okay. CHS inquired whether Hunter Biden or Joe Biden told Zelensky he should retain Hunter Biden. Listen to this. Zelensky replied, they both did. CHS reiterated 
See, it's just his opinion that Zelensky was making a mistake and he should fire Hunter Biden and deal with Shokin's investigation directly so that the matter will remain an issue in Ukraine and not turn into some international matter. Zelensky responded something to the effect of, don't worry, this thing will go away anyway. See, it just replied that notwithstanding Shokin's investigation, it was still a bad decision for Burisma to send 20 to $30 million to buy a U.S. business and that CHS didn't want to be involved with another Biden matter. Zelensky responded that he appreciated CHS advice, but that it's too late to change his decision. CHS understood this to mean that Zelensky had already paid the Bidens, presumably, the deal with Shokin. Uh, you got, what, he says six hours of leaving? Son of a bitch, he got fired. Shokin. Subsequent telephone calls between CHS and Zelensky. Now we're 2016-2017. Shortly after the 2016 U.S. election, during President Trump's transition period, uh, uh, CHS participated in a conference call with Ospenko and Zelensky. CHS inquired whether Zelensky was happy with the U.S. election results. Zelensky replied that he was not happy. Trump won the election. CHS asked Zelensky whether he was concerned about Burisma's involvement with Biden. Zelensky stated he didn't want to pay the Bidens, and he was pushed to pay them. CHS explained the Russian term Zelensky used to explain the payments was Pelucci, something like that, which literally translates to got it or received it. But it also used a Russian criminal slang for being forced or coerced to pay. Zelensky stated Shokin had already been fired and no investigation was currently going on and that nobody would find out about this financial dealing with the Bidens. CHS then stated, I hope you have some backup proof for your words, namely that Zelensky was forced to pay the Biden. Zelensky replied he has many text messages and recordings that show that he was coerced, coerced to make such payments. See below subsequent CHS reporting on June 20, 2020. CHS told Zelensky he should make certain that he should retain those recordings. Zelensky asked whether it would be made make any legal difference, whether he voluntarily made such payments or if he was forced to make them. Zelensky then asked CHS whether CHS could provide any assistance in Ukraine with the, uh, I don't know, I guess it's the name of the president's regime. If something were to happen to Zelensky in the future, CHS replied that CHS didn't want to get involved in any such matters. Okay, so previous note, CHS, whatever this is, reported. They took out somebody's name, uh, March 1st, 2017, reported the foregoing and stated the call took place during February 27, 2017. At that time, CHS stated that Zelensky 
briefly discussed Hunter Biden, but the topic was not relevant to Burisma's interest in acquiring a U.S.-based petroleum business for 50 to 100 million dollars at this time. CHS report also reported aforementioned Valdem Prasovsky or something. Okay, let's see. I'm trying to get this done. I got a few more minutes, folks. <clears throat> Let me get down here. 2019 phone call. After your aforementioned 2016 call, CHS had no interactions with Zelensky Burisma whatsoever until 2019. In 2019, CHS met with Opasky or whatever his name is in London to discuss various business matters which had nothing to do with the Zelensky Burisma or gas oil. CHS noted that CHS's meeting with Opensko uh, took place at a Russian coffee house near Knightsbridge Streets near Harrods department store, and Opasco's fiance lives in London. At some point during this meeting, Opasco advised CHS he was going to call Zelensky. At this time, CHS understood Zelensky was living somewhere in Europe. During the call, Zelensky asked CHS and or Pasco, if they read the recent news reports about the investigation into the Bidens and Burisma. And Zelensky jokingly asked CHF if CHS was an oracle due to CHS prior advice that Zelensky should not pay the Bidens and is said to hire an attorney to litigate um, the allegations concerning Shokin's investigation. CHS mentioned Zelensky might have difficulty explaining suspicious wire transfers that may evidence any illicit payments to the Bidens. Zelensky responded he did not send any funds directly to the big guy, which CHS understood was a reference to Joe Biden. CHS asked Zelensky how many companies' bank accounts Zelensky controls. Zelensky responded that it would take them investigators 10 years to find the records, illicit payments to Joe Biden. <laughs> CHS told Zelensky if he ever needed help in the future and wanted to speak to someone in the U.S. government about the matter, that CHS could introduce him to someone. Regarding the seemingly open and unsolicited admission by Projoski and Zelensky, about the purpose for their retention of Hunter Biden and the forced payments Zelensky made to the Biden, CHS explained it is very common for businessmen in post-Soviet countries to brag or show off. Additionally, it is extremely common for businesses in Russia and Ukraine to make bribe payments uh, to various government officials. CHS noted that in corporate budgets, for other Russian and Ukrainian businesses, which CHS has inspected in the past, CHS observed budget line items in Russia called Pumazat. I think that's what it is, which literally translate to oil, lubricate, or make things run smoothly, which companies routinely use to account for anticipated bribe payments. As such, Given the pervasive necessity to bribe government officials in Ukraine and Russia, CHS did not perceive 
Pojaski's or Zelensky's statement to be unusual, self-serving, or pretextual. Additionally, regarding important business meetings, it is also common in Ukraine and Russia for persons to make covert recordings. However, CHS has only met Zelensky in person on one occasion and has spoken to him only twice on the telephone. As such, CHS is not able to provide any further opinion as to the veracity of Zelensky's aforementioned statements. On June 20, 2020, CHS provide the following supplement to reporting. Regarding CHS aforementioned reporting of Zelensky said, he has many text messages and recordings that show he was coerced, that means forced, to make such payments. CHS clarifies Zelensky said he had a total of 17 recordings involving the Bidens. Two of the recordings include Joe Biden and the remaining 15 only include Hunter. CHS reiterated that per Zelensky, these recorded evidence Zelensky was somehow uh, coerced into paying the Bidens to ensure Ukraine prosecutor Viktor Shokin was Fired. Uh, Solinsky stated he had two documents with CHS understood to be wire transfer statements, bank accounts. The evidence some payments to the Bidens were made, presumably in exchange for Shokin's firing. Uh, okay, regarding the aforementioned uh, Opinsky who originally introduced CHS into the matter. Opinsky currently works in some office for the administration of President Zelensky. I guess that's the new guy. or And also works for Valerie Vivalov, who is co-founder and CEO of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. There it is, folks. That is the evidence. Joe Biden, according to this evidence, is not only a crook, but the FBI knew it all the time. And if Joe Biden was selling information to the Russians, well, not the Russians in this case, the Chinese, our interest is crazy. But it's not just the Chinese. We talked about that. We talked about the Chinese and the Ukrainians. And now we're spending billions of dollars in the Ukraine, in this war. Why? But that's another story. The fact of it is, is the president of the United States appears to be a crook. And the FBI, the premier law enforcement agency of the United States, also appears to be crooked by their own admission. At the very least, with this FD-1023, you would think that they would have had a substantial um, case going. When they held on to the laptop for over a year and never said a word, you would think that they'd have a substantial case going. If they really cared about the United States and the American people, they would be about the business of protecting our interests. But from what I can see, they're about the business of protecting the interests of the Bidens and by extension, the Democrat Party. Because Hillary Clinton, when she destroyed 30,000 emails, classified emails that was on a, on, a, on a server in her home, they didn't do anything. 
Now they're trying to take Trump to prison for anything they can think of. Who's really for the American people? Who's really looking out for the interests of the American people? And who, when they were in office, was really looking out for the interests of the American people? It seems obvious to me that the Bidens aren't. It seems obvious that the Clintons weren't or the Obamas. The Obama, Obama should have been on top of all this stuff. He was a president. But for Joe to be able to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired and get paid, sorry about that, at the same time, Obama shouldn't know about it. Maybe Obama got paid too. But this attorney general that we have now is doing nothing. The only power that we have right now is if the Congress of the United States, not just impeach, because impeachment won't stop anything because the Senate will not uh, prosecute and convict. They need to use the power of the purse. They need to cut off funds to the FBI, cut off funds to the Justice Department, cut off funds to everybody that they have to cut off funds to until something happens that's going to take care of the American people. This is disgusting. But the proof is there. Download the FD 1023 for yourself and read it. Download the article from October 20 for yourself and read it. The American people need to rise up and reclaim this country or we're going to lose it. You know, we can't be a robot. We can't just say, oh, well, there's nothing else I can do. Each and every one of us could do something if we care. I care. Do you care? If you care, make a difference. This is Sam Tolley, and I'm out.